All right, so 1 Peter chapter number 1, if you'll find your place there. Matt, thank you so much. He's never quit on me. How about you? Never going to do it. And tonight we're talking about that faith that we can find in him. I'll say this, as I have studied and, and, and prepared to give this, and it's always like this, you always seem to learn more in your preparation than what you think you're giving to people about yourself. But faith is this, I know this for a fact, and I think uh, those of you that have any age on you whatsoever, faith is an action word. And the exercising thereof is sometimes unexpected. Uh, it can be late at night. It can be early in the morning. Usually we don't plan some of those things out because if we had to plan it, where would our faith come in? And so as we look at a great faith, and tonight is not really a message for the sinner, even though if that is your state tonight, God's always willing to take that person in. But to, tonight I hope to equip and give you some things that would help, as I think Jake will do in the future, to help build your faith, a building block, a step here that goes from A to B. And that's what we're talking about. So First Peter chapter uh, number 1, we're going to read a portion of Scripture. It's verses 3. Uh, through verse number 12. Let's read it, and then we'll break it down and go from there tonight. So verse uh, number 3 says this, Blessed be the God and, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of, Christ, of Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice some of these uh, adjectives in here and, and what is being described. An inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away and reserved in heaven for you. And then verse number 5 mentions our word tonight. Who are kept by the power of God through what? Faith. Unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. And our word is mentioned again, that the trial of your faith, so you have the power of God through faith, your trial of faith, being much more precious than of gold, than perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, who having not seen you love, and whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the last word, end. Of your faith. You have power. You will be tried. But there's an end to that as well, too, that we'll look at. Even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. And watch the wording here. And the intrigue that is in this verse with who is watching us. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported you unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost. Set down from heaven which the angels desire to look into. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you. Lord, for the ability to have faith, God, as we'll see, every one of us in the room, we have faith in something. God, I pray that as we uh, 
Lord, use your word tonight in a way that's both practical and it's, it's biblical, Lord, and hopefully hope, find somebody that can, uh, can get some help tonight, God. I thank you for helping me through the study of it, Lord, and I pray that you would just be with our time together. Help us uh, as we dig in here, Lord. Your name we do pray. Amen. You have no doubt heard of the, the uh, I say famous, I don't know if that's the word, but it definitely renowned uh, author Max Licato, pastor, speaker, author. He had a book, it's called Six Hours One Friday. You may have read it, not sure, but no doubt you've heard of him. That book speaks to hope in defying despair. In that book, he opens up with an introductory story uh, that took him back to his early years, matter of fact, the year was 1979. It was on a Labor Day weekend. He was a young man, and he had bought a leaky old houseboat that he had planted on the Miami River in South Florida. And so just as he and all of Florida, South Florida, was waiting there on that Labor Day weekend in 1979, a hurricane was making its way as it many times does through the state of Florida. So as he's watching the weather and he's thinking about this houseboat that he says he's only owned the boat for about three monthly payments is what he said. (laughs) And so he's thinking in his mind, tire down, tire down. I've got to find a spot where I can get this boat anchored in. So him, some of his boatsmen, his crew, They go out there and they start this arduous task of they're tying it to everything that's on the land, moorings, they're tying it all down. And I can almost see this in my mind. You know when somebody comes along and you're doing something and they come along and they're like, no, you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) A man named Phil, he just calls his first name Phil. Phil comes up, looks over the situation and says, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose your boat. And uh, Max, Max Lucado says, he looked like, he looked, he looked boat-wise, is what he said. He looked like he knew what he was talking about with boats. And he says, what you need to do is set four anchors off the ends of the boat, leave the ropes with some slack in them, and say a prayer. So he got from this a little saying, anchor deep, say a prayer, hold on. That's what he said through the story. And so the boat made it through the storm. Matter of fact, the boat, or excuse me, the storm stayed about 30 minutes even away from where his boat was tied down. But as he recounted the story, the boat, he said, all, all the things that happened to it were some, some rope burns of where they tied the boat down to things that were stationary. And it said they watched that boat as the winds kind of came through. And guess what? It just rocked along with the waves. Didn't tear it up just for those rope burns. And you know what? Now, now, now get get this. God doesn't always promise that we're not going to get hit by the hurricane, okay? But if we know how to anchor in, if we know how to put those ropes in, and we know where to hold on to, you can make it through the storm. You can, you can ride through the storm as the terminology that, that we say. So tonight as we find out about this significant, this great faith, I want to encourage you to find out where your faith is anchored. It's action, all right? It's, it's an exercising of it. And we'll mention this again. 
but you maybe can remember this. Anchor deep, say a prayer, and hold on. Sometimes we have to do that. So as we read the passage of Scripture, Peter comes from about three vantage points that I want to look at tonight. And the first one is this. In verses number four and five, he talks about a timeless faith. A timeless faith. And let's, let's repeat this saying. Everyone in the room has faith in something. No, I don't. Yes, you do. All right? Even the atheist, as much as they shake their hands, the, the Darwins and uh, these men over the years who I think and what I have told students over the years, Darwin has probably left a legacy more in his death than he ever did in his life. All right? It, he's just corrupted minds. So you do have your faith in something. The atheist is his rationale, his intellect. Maybe your faith, maybe my faith that we get a checkup tonight, maybe it's the people that we know, our connections. It, are you good at something? We all are. Okay, we all. Is, are you holding on to that to get you through? So what's your faith anchored in? So that's what we're looking at. So it's a timeless faith. Let's go to the scripture. Verse number four says this. He begins to describe this timeless faith for, timeless faith for us, and he says this. Uh, in verse number four, it says, To an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, and it fadeth not away. So I would present this to you not that our faith, number one, underneath a timeless faith, is a faith that is imperishable. Our faith is imperishable. The idea behind imperishable is this. It means it endures forever. Now, this is the unique part about this. Look there at our scripture. How can it be imperishable, all right? This used to be popular. I don't, I don't think it is now, may, maybe not, and, and this maybe when I was younger, this was it. How many of you have ever laid anything away before, okay? You know what I'm, does that make sense? I'm going to go to... Kmart, is that even a place anymore? And I'm going to go lay away something, and every week I'm going to go pay $10 on something, okay? $5, whatever I can get by with. I'm going to go, I'm going to go lay this back up, and they're going to reserve it for me. And that way at Christmas, I can get it out, all right? So if you've ever had a bad, a bad story with that and they got lost or something happens, this is not going to happen with your faith. Why is this? Our faith is not reserved at Walmart or Kmart. If you look there on, on, uh, in verse number 4, it says this, To an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, fadeth not away. It says it's reserved where at? In what? In heaven. Nobody's going to go check that out. Okay? It is reserved for you. It is imperishable. Matthew chapter number 6, verses 19 through 21 says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So I, I say to you, our faith is an imperishable one. We have to be careful because a lot of times... When we go about measuring our, our success here on this earth, we start, do it, we start to do it with our success, with our, our pleasures, with our comforts, things that we're being able to do. 
But remember, our, our faith resounds in a, in a heavenly place. That's where we can have our comfort and our joy. It's kind of like this. I, I thought about this idea. And don't get me wrong, I like McDonald's, okay? So ever since 2020 and we've got this thing of, of COVID, uh, this idea of buffets has kind of went away. But I'm going to tell you this. Who doesn't like a good buffet? <laughs> Go get what you want, when you want, what you want. And, and so it's kind of like this with this thing of having how much faith that you want. I can go to McDonald's and get a number one combo and tell them I want a Big Mac and I want fries and I want a sweet tea. Or I can head in the Golden Corral and then I can start off with a salad and then I can go get me some steak and then if I want, if I want a little bit of meatloaf, I'll put some of that on the plate too with some green beans, okay? I, that's the kind of way I see this with our faith. Grab a plate. Get what you want. <laughs> take, take from that. If you want a chicken tinger, get, get two or three of them. <laughs> it's the whole idea. Don't just stick to the number one combo. Go out there and exercise that faith. Put it to the test. So he will, he will not fail. I promise you, he is not going to fail. Take of his goodness. Take of his mercy. Grab some of that forgiveness over there. Pass that long suffering around the idea all right choose that so number one under a timeless faith it's imperishable number two is this our faith is incorruptible straight from the scripture there I found a quote that said this absolute power corrupts absolutely probably heard that one before and as I was studying this out I got to this idea of scandal and controversy now, look, you're no different than me, okay? When something at work or something comes up or you turn on the TV and there's scandal, we get intrigued by that. We want to know what's going on. Now, we don't want all the dirtiness of it. We don't want to get our hands into it. Who's going to jail? <laughs> Who stole that? Where'd that money go? Look, we, we like to live in that. Christ is not like that. There's no corruption there. I thought about these American scandals that's happened hundreds of years. You remember the Iran-Contra affair under, under President Ronald Reagan. Guns and money. Where are they going? Guns and money. Here's one you definitely will remember. Bill Clinton and who? Monica Lewinsky. Sexual affair and impeachment. Scandal. What's going on? And, of course, probably the most famous the famous breaking and entering and turning on the lights and the, and for the Democratic Party. Remember that? Watergate, okay? Scandal. We like it. We like the controversy. Christ is not a scandalous God. He doesn't do that. It's incorruptible. It's not possible that he has flaws. There's no corruption. You think about this. When you go back to this idea of absolute power corrupts absolutely, we've seen it over and over and over again. Jesus is the only one who has the absolute power but has never been corrupted. What an awesome thought. That's where you can anchor your faith in. Drop it right there. That's the idea. Number three, let's move on. So under this idea of timeless, it's, it's imperishable, it's, un, it's incorruptible. Our faith is unfading. Our faith is unfading. 
You ever changed your mind before? You ever got into a decision and realized, wait a minute, even, even in this process, we have, uh, the Lord has allowed us to sell our house and move a little bit closer here to the church. And even, even this morning, as we're getting ready, Elizabeth come to me, she said, you think we're doing the right thing? <laughs> it's a thing in your mind. Are we, are we buying this? Are we do-? It's just it, what happens to us, all right? There's a little bit of un- unsurety, all right? The idea here is the Lord is unchanging. Hebrews 13, 8 says this, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. He settled it for us. And I thought about this under this idea of unfading. We have, to be, we have to be careful of this sometimes. And Pastor Jake mentioned this just a few weeks. I can't remember the title, but it was woke, the woke culture and, 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 and talking about that. We have to be careful when we watch fads come along. Even in, look, take that yearbook. I, I would love to see some of this. Take that yearbook. Go back to the 1980s, okay? This was, this was the time in which I was growing up and all this. And I don't know if I'm telling this or not. This may be too much too soon. <laughs> I used to have a rat tail. <laughs> you say, how do you have any, any hair whatsoever with what you've got? Right? I used to have a rat tail. I'd comb that thing. and I, I mean, I was happy about my rat tail. That was a 1980 thing, all right? <laughs> that's what I, that's, that's it. I had a bowl cut, okay? I had enough hair to have a bowl cut, okay? <laughs> Dress, cl- don't laugh at me, man. Dress, clothes. Look, the culture is going to change, but it seems like things just come back around, don't they? Don't they just come back around? They're just cyclic. They just come back around to us. Look. When Christ talks of faith and what you can trust in, it's not like that haircut. <laughs> it's going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. What's something that you can anchor into? God's word and what he says will last forever. Will last forever. It's a timeless faith. Let's go on to, to number two. It's a tested faith. It's a tested faith. Let's look in verses number six through eight. Verse number six says this. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious, awesome illustration the Word of God gives us here with this goldsmith, that perisheth, though he, it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, watch the language here, whom having not seen, you love, in whom that though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's, it, it's, a, it's a tested faith. And so the question here, as we, are, if we, as we have anchored ourselves in the timeless nature of who God is, we put our faith to the test, why should I trust in Christ? Why or will my faith hold up in hard times? And let me remind you of this. The faith that I'm speaking of is not an ordinary faith. It's a unique faith. It's a faith that surpasses all other faith. Any faith you have on an earthly realm, this surpasses that by just so much more. I thought of this. You know, Peter, as he's talking, we know of Peter. He survived some incredible storms. We know about that. But haven't you? Haven't I? 
I, I have survived some incredible storms. I've had cancer in our family. I've had cancer among friends. We've had, we've had, a, we've had calls in the night. I'll never forget years ago, I was, I was teaching up in an upstairs classroom there at the school, and it's one of those phone calls you don't want to get, and it's during the middle of the day, and I picked up the phone, and it's one of those things as a teacher where you kind of, you got to fake it, fake it to make it a little bit. You're teaching, and you pick up the phone, and you hear so-and-so's parents have been in a car accident. One is dead. The other, basically a machine's going to be keeping them alive. And so as I took the phone call, I am looking at the grandchild of the student right here in front of me. And I'm, okay, 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 thank you. What do you do with that? <laughs> you have to hold that in, and then i got to go teach about penguins. <laughs> I'm being biology. i got to about penguins. And here I'm, I'm trying to balance the fact of knowledge that I have that's going to test some people's faith. And those, those are tough. Look at the illustration that the Bible gives about a goldsmith. Now, I don't know a lot about this other than just studying, but, but maybe you do and can even, even understand this maybe a little bit more. But as far as this idea comes here, it says, it says, it's more precious than of gold that perisheth. So the idea about getting pure gold is this. You melt it down, it becomes a liquid. All the impurities then will rise to the surface as it begins to melt. And then that goldsmith will scrape off those impurities as they rise to the top. And then he does that over and over and over again until you get pure gold. And what the, the coolest thing about this is when you get that pure gold is, number one, there's no more impurities. But number two, you, see the you can see your reflection inside the gold. What an awesome thought that if God scrapes away those impurities from us, his reflection we can see through us. What an awesome picture that is of gold and how it's refined and the picture of our faith that's so valuable. Number one, a tested faith is a valuable faith. I looked up the other day, an ounce of gold, $1,600. That's our, we say, a standard that we use. That's a pretty good standard. So my question to you and underneath a valuable, tested faith, are you willing to have the impurities scraped off? Am I willing to have the impurities scraped away and I can look down in that? Can I see Christ's reflection that's coming through me? What an awesome thought there. Number two, it's not only valuable, it's also revealing. It says in verse number six, that it's tried by fire. This quote says this, that time has always been the greatest ally to truth because time eventually relieves and reveals all. Think about life circumstances and where time has revealed some things. We've said this before. You better never say never about your children. You better, they'll never do that. Uh, All right. We've been, uh, and there's a, there's a large, different, vast age group of people here, and you've got some people that are just getting this marriage thing started off. 
then you've got some that's been some teens, and you've got some that's been 20s, and you've got some that's been so on and so forth. And you'll notice that marriage goes through seasons and stages, all right? Time tells on us, okay? The lack thereof of hair and the, the adding of pounds, okay? It does. It tells. What about what you do for a living, all right? What about your occupation, the service that you have at Eufaula Baptist Church? Things change, all right? It's revealing. Are you willing to see that reflection that God wants to see? And then number three, under a tested faith being valuable, being revealing, our faith better be Christ-centered. Look in verse number seven. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found, watch this, unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, in whom, though now you see him not, you believe. And it says you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Peter speaks of a love of, of Christ even though we've not seen who he is. Look at uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. I think they have it up here on the screen. It's kind of what I call the definition of faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So literally the essence of this faith does not require sight. Faith is a reality. It's what we do daily. It's ascribing the all-knowingness of God in the unknown of what our future is. It's that call in the late night that we have to change our whole plans, that we have to center and anchor our faith in. It's a surprise sometimes. It's the unknown. It's the unknowing. Just because we can't see him, I mean, we have things on earth, okay? We see the wind, we see the results of the wind, but we can't see it, okay? That's the idea. So Peter says that this real faith is loving Christ, even though you've not seen it, but you know it exists. That's the idea. So it's a timeless faith. It's a tested faith. And the last one for tonight, in verses 10 through 12, it's a true faith. It's a true faith. So here's the question. How is the faith that I have, how is the faith that he has, how, is the, how will that faith work for me? And, and this is true. We got to, I got to, to visit the other day with uh, Barbara and Raymond Devaney. And so we went over to their house and talked to them a little bit and and I always like this. I like to hear the stories of the, how things used to be and what they used to do. And, and Raymond was telling us some things that he used to do here at the church. And then Barbara, she's a cut up. And so I was just enjoying that. And they, they were using language like, well, I remember like 40 years ago. All right? So things that happened back then, they're talking. You know what? God worked 40 years ago. God works right now as well, too. It's still a true faith. Culture doesn't change that. You and, you and our faith or the lack thereof doesn't change that. All right? The idea, it's a, it's a true faith. So the Bible speaks to this. If you notice in verse number 10, it says, it talks about this old stuff of which salvation the prophets 
have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of the time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings and the glory that should follow. So the message to them is the same message that's to us. Hope. A true faith is a faith of hope. Hang on. Anchor deep. Loosen the ropes. Go through those swells. So tonight the question I'll I'll ask you is this. Where's that faith anchored at? You, You may be here tonight. I don't know. And you say, you know what? If there was a rope, I would be at the end of it. I'm literally at the very last holding on right there. There's hope. You can have faith. You may be asking, why, God? Why why is this happening in my life? Anchor in the faith. What about, I'm done. (laughs) I'm quitting. They can have the job. They can have the money. They can have the problems. I am through. Tomorrow you get up and you do it one more time. (laughs) you walk in one more time you don't quit what you do is you anchor a little bit deeper man that's it's challenging for me the saying at max Licato anchors deep say a prayer hold on as we finish tonight verse number 12 this is just the most awesome thing as I was going through this here we are we're trying to figure all these things out we're asking questions but there's a group that look on to try to find out what we're doing because they can't, that they can't find it out. I thought about this. You can almost imagine these angels as, there, as you see in verse number, verse number 12, and it says, which things the angels de- desire to look in, okay? It's almost like, wonder what's going on down there. And you think about this. Those angels, they know of the birth, They know of the death. They know of the resurrection of Christ. They know, get this. I want to see, I want, if if there's able to see this, I want to see this one day. They've seen the Red Sea parted. The congealing of those waters and you're walking through on dry ground and you're, look at that, look at that. The first museum, okay. That's Ripley's right there. Look, look, Look at that. They've seen the Red Sea parted. They've seen demons cast out. But yet, they're looking over and going, what's going on with all those humans down there? (laughs) What an interesting thought, interesting idea. They desire to see what's happening right now. And that right now is the practice and exercising of your faith. It's a timeless faith. It's a tested faith. And it's a true faith. The last slide I have up on the screen tonight it's from an old hymn it's called faith is the victory maybe you've heard of this before I was going to sing it just kidding what so faith is the victory as you read this and you read the last few verses of this passage it almost matches up and it says to whom that overcomes the foe white raiment shall be given it's reserved where for you in 
heaven. Before the angels, he shall know his name confessed in heaven. It's the end of your faith. It's your salvation. Then onward from the hills of light, our hearts with love aflame will vanquish all the host of night in Jesus' conquering name. Faith is the victory. So I hope tonight that maybe something that has been said that can help you anchor deep, say a prayer, and hold on. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word.